Welcome to Sunday Commentary, a weekly program designed to break open the Sunday Scripture readings. Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. The Liturgical Scripture Readings for the Third Sunday of Advent. A reading from the book of the prophet Zephaniah. Shout for joy, O daughter Zion. Sing joyfully, O Israel. Be glad and exult with all your heart, O daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has removed the judgment against you. He has turned away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You have no further misfortune to fear. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear not, O Zion, be not discouraged. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty Savior. He will rejoice over you with gladness and renew you in his love. He will sing joyfully because of you as one sings at festivals. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Responsorial Psalm. Cry out with joy and gladness, for among you is the Great and Holy One of Israel. Cry out with joy and gladness, for among you is the Great and Holy One of Israel. God indeed is my Savior. I am confident and unafraid. My strength and my courage is the Lord, and He has been my Savior. With joy you will draw water at the fountain of salvation. Cry out with joy and gladness, for among you is the Great and Holy One of Israel. Give thanks to the Lord, acclaim His name. Among the nations make known His deeds. Proclaim how exalted is His name. Cry out with joy and gladness, for among you is the Great and Holy One of Israel. Sing praise to the Lord for His glorious achievement. Let this be known throughout all the earth. Shout with exultation, O city of Zion. For great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. Cry out with joy and gladness, for among you is the Great and Holy One of Israel. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Philippians. Brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord always. I shall say it again, rejoice. Your kindness should be known to all. The Lord is near. Have no anxiety at all, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. Then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. The crowds asked John the Baptist, What should we do? He said to them in reply, Whoever has two cloaks should share with the person who has none, and whoever has food should do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized, and they said to him, Teacher, what should we do? He answered them, Stop collecting more than what is prescribed. Soldiers also asked him, And what is it that we should do? He told them, Do not practice extortion. Do not falsely accuse anyone, and be satisfied with your wages. Now the people were filled with expectation, and all were asking in their hearts whether John might be the Christ. John answered them all, saying, I am baptizing you with water, but one mightier than I is coming. I am not worthy to loosen the thongs of his sandals. 
He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn, but the chafe he will burn with unquenchable fire. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Carla, on this third Sunday of Advent, Gaudete Sunday, rejoice! It's a wonderful uh, time at this middle of the uh, Advent season to rejoice, isn't it? Yes. It definitely is. And again, you'll see the priest wearing uh, rose-colored vestments. And uh, just a reminder, uh, this really comes from the introduction or the introit at the Mass, Rejoice. Uh, It originally actually uh, started as a fast of 40 days in preparation for Christmas, uh, commencing on the day of the Feast of St. Martin. Uh, which was 12 November. Uh, but in the 9th century, the duration of Advent was reduced to four weeks. And then St. Gregory the Great was the first to draw up actually the office for the Advent season. So we take a little bit of time midway through this penitential kind of character to really rejoice. It helps signify that the near the nearness of the Lord and his coming and just symbolizes joy and gladness in this redemption that we're going to be uh, offered and know that we're never absent uh, from the heart of our Lord. So again, we have this Gaudete Sunday and how beautiful that is. And I also want to spend a minute also on our Advent minutes this time. Um, we see here in the gospel, the crowds ask John the Baptist, what should we do? And I think this was to me when I reflected on this for our minute today, was more of uh, thinking about our bishops, right? We go to our bishops now. What should we do? And that reminded me of the shepherd's crook. So again, as we're in the nativity, we replace our shepherds, as I talked about last week. Look at that shepherd's hook, because it's a reminder of our bishops teaching authority and their responsibility. Uh, You know, the hook allows shepherds to bring back an errant sheep. (laughs) And the bishops also must call our flocks back from sin. But that means they themselves also must walk and struggle on the path of holiness as well. So reconciliation of the flock back to God must be the utmost importance of our shepherds. And we read in Ezekiel 34, you know, the weak you have not strengthened, the sick you've not healed, the crippled you've not bound up, and the strayed you've not brought back. Again, the Jewish shepherds, the priests and the scribes were not acting and shepherding rightly. We know our bishops must strive to be in the state of grace so that they and all of our priests may share God's mercy in the sacrament of reconciliation. So when you see that shepherd's hook in your nativity scene this year, let us offer up a prayer for our bishops. And indeed, we do have bishops who speak strongly for our our beautiful faith. Um, There was recently a Catholic high school in San Francisco that had a pro-life rally. And I don't know all of the details, but it sounded like a significant portion of those in attendance actually walked out on this rally and how sad that is. Well, thankfully we have Bishop Cordelione uh, in that area and he wrote, he has a beautiful letter, so please look that up online. But he did have these couple sentences here that I think is so appropriate for today. He said, to all of you I say, do not be victims of the culture. There are powerful forces in our country that use slogans to co-opt you into being agents of their own self-serving agendas. You must see through the lies. Abortion providers are not for choice. Every birth for them is a lost sale. So he is one who is indeed shepherding rightly. We must also pray for our bishops that they may also shepherd rightly to really bring the beauty of our Catholic faith back into the forefront in our society today. 
So that is the Advent Minute. Let's go ahead and move into our readings. Uh, we hear from Zephaniah. Um, Zephaniah is interesting in the sense of it only has three chapters. The first two chapters are judgment, doom, and destruction. And that today we read from the third chapter, which is a hopeful message as Jerusalem is restored. Yeah, yeah, there is a very much, the theme throughout our readings today is going to be that of rejoicing. And to get to the heart of the message, we really couldn't think a little bit about the state of affairs at the time of Zephaniah's, Zephaniah's writings. The society that he lived in was very much like ours today. You know, every type of immorality, pagan worship, just running rampant. And But we have the theme of rejoice. You know, it means continue to rejoice. And the real, the godly joy isn't a joy because, oh, look at this new thing I got or whatever. It is a joy in spite of our circumstances, not because of our circumstances, right? And like you said, the book of uh, the prophet Zephaniah has only three chapters. And in the first two chapters, Zephaniah didn't mince words. He gave warnings to all those who turned away from God, telling them that they were destined for eternal damnation. But back to today's theme of rejoicing. This reading is taken from the last chapter where the prophet talks about the God's promise to spare the faithful remnant and to one day bring them peace and happiness. And, and there's actually some ties and parallels to the Annunciation, of course, Gabriel's message to Mary. I love this. Let's, let's look through three different parallels here. First, you see in both of the Annunciation and Zephaniah a joyful, intimate greeting. The Annunciation says, Hail, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Here in, the, in Zephaniah, shout for joy, O daughter Zion, sing joyfully, O Israel. Then you have the message to fear not. The Annunciation says, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. In Zephaniah, fear not, O Zion, be not discouraged. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty Savior. And then finally, the Lord is with you. In uh, the Annunciation, Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And here you see here, you know, a mighty savior, and he will rejoice over you with gladness and renew you in his love. So a beautiful tie here. Again, so rejoiceful in these in these readings today. Well, let's move to the second reading. Uh, first line here, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, we see a beautiful beginning to this reading, don't we, Carla? Yeah, and you know, St. Paul didn't have a lot to rejoice about when you think about how hard his life was after his conversion, right? Not in the sense that the average person today considers an occasion to rejoice, but he found joy, the reason to rejoice right where he was in the midst of whatever trial or hardship he was undergoing at the time. And St. Paul tells us to have no anxiety at all, but to put all of this in God's hands through prayer and petition. And he says, with thanksgiving. This is to say that when we bring our troubles to God, we leave them with him as if they've already been resolved, trusting that God's in control and thanking him. You know, here's our, here's my problems. And <laughs> right. Thank you for taking yep. care of them. Right. Amen. Amen to that. So if you're rejoicing, hey, you don't have time to be anxious, right? right? So just like this it says, have no anxiety in all, at all. Well, that's of course, easier said than done. <laughs> I, have, I have my own struggles with that. But I really want to share with the uh, you know listeners today is how being joyful is not incompatible with being in a difficult or a painful situation. And when we're in those difficult times, we can basically turn every trouble into a prayer. And then don't pray for things to be easier. I would encourage you to pray to have more skill, pray to have more grace, pray to have more faith. Um, and I think that's certainly that something has changed, you know, me and my spiritual life is, 
is not necessarily just always praying, oh, I wish this would just go away, but really praying for more faithfulness and more more adherence to the truth. And that's something that certainly has helped me. Yeah, good point. Well, let's go ahead and address some of the points in the gospel today. So this is from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. And they, the crowds asked John the Baptist, you know, what should we do? And, and Paul responds uh, with, or at least Luke's gospel here, he responds, I think, in kind of two different ways. He talks about corporal virtues and he talks about personal holiness. He talks about these corporal virtues of material generosity, of honesty, of social justice. But I think it goes, you know, a little deeper in the sense of a personal holiness. Remember, what did he say to the tax collectors and soldiers? You know, they were despised people. He doesn't ask them to change their occupation but he does ask them to change the way they live their occupation. And, and I think it really, quite frankly, Carla, can go a whole lot deeper than that, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And you know, I'm just going to kind of go, go into some, this is kind of, okay, here we go. <laughs> we hear these readings, right? The same reading. We've heard it year after year at Mass. And let's be honest, most of us absorb about as much as a box of Roxwoods, right? After Mass, we walk out the front doors of the church and we don't remember the readings that were read a mere 30 minutes earlier. And we had just thanked God for that also. You know, thanks be to God. For what? What's wrong with us? You know, are we really that so busy, so self-absorbed that there's just no room left for the living word of God to enter our hearts? And let's go back to Mass. You know, right after the readings are read, you know, that we don't remember, right? We walk up to receive Holy Communion, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we grab that way from the, for the extraordinary minister and we pop it in our chops and without missing a beat, we march back to our seats as if we just received a Ritz cracker. What's wrong with us? You know, for what it's worth, we're not all that different from the characters that we hear about in this gospel reading. They were all Jews. They were all brought up on the teachings from the Torah. And they also went to temple week after week, hearing the same readings year after year. And many of them also didn't retain the words of the prophets that were read to them for any longer than we do today. But then that day in the desert, when John the Baptist said something that got their attention, it was the intercession of the Holy Spirit. And as John spoke the words of truth, their hearts were moved. John preached a baptism of repentance a condition of the heart that's necessary to reconcile our relationships with God. And this, my friend, is the good news. This is the reason we rejoice. We have received a new life in the risen Christ, and we gather together on Sundays to listen to the Word of God and share Holy Communion with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. Produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M A T E R D E I radio.com. <laughs>